All right, so yeah, so we're going to talk about some evangelistic stuff, and um, again, we just want to get to know our evangelism team and, and kind of what makes them tick, and we're going to uh, start out kind of talking about some personal stuff for each of them, and, and uh, I gave them a set of questions, but I'm not asking any of the questions on that list. These are all brand new questions that I came up with this morning and that I think are much better, so you have no idea... That's not happening. That's not happening. Anyone heard of deadpan humor? I am the master. Dry humor. We're trying, dude. It's so dry. I'm, I'm you truly are funny, Tom. <laughs> so anyway, so we're just gonna. I want to kind of hear from each of you guys um, how you guys got saved. Like, how? What was your salvation experience, and how did it happen? And and uh, just kind of let us know, like, what was that like for you? And we'll start, I guess Chris has the mic, so we'll start with him. And Okay. That's a big story to unpack, Tom. I'm going to condense it. you got three minutes to do it in. <laughs> All right. Um, I, uh, I had an encounter um, with God when I was younger, um, and I was in high school. I had a a friend that really reached out to me and and showed me love and showed me uh, some things that I'd never seen with family and different things before. And um, I had an encounter with Jesus. I didn't really get saved at that point, but I knew he was real, you know. But uh, fast forward um, to 2001, I was, uh, I'd been divorced for several years. I had, um, I'd quit drinking several years earlier and smoking and but still hadn't completely, you know, my life was still a wreck. You know, I was empty, I was broke, I was, you know, a lot a lot of other things too. And um you know, I was trying to figure it out and I had a couple of people reach out to me and um, you know, show me some things and invite me to the, to this church. And it was I believe it was in August of 2001 that I, w I came out here and to a church service and then they had a youth service that night that Tom was leading and I came back for the youth service and uh, I knew I was home. There, there he had a little altar call and I was like, that's me, I gotta go, you know, and it was at that time that I knew I had to give my all to God and, um, you know, I wasn't ever gonna look back. You know, I knew it was, it was gonna be an uphill challenge to do it, but I didn't care. I wasn't ever going to turn away. I knew it was real, and I knew it was something I needed in my life, and it has continued to propel me and change my life. Um, yeah, Amen. pretty fantastic. That was awesome. Well, um, when I was four years old, my mom became born again and spirit-filled, and she was in her bedroom crying because my dad had not accepted the idea of the Holy Spirit. And they had just gotten in an argument. My sister, three years older than me, had gone in and, and asked her, you know, what's going on? And mom shared Jesus with her and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. My sister became born again and spirit-filled. And she immediately came downstairs. <laughs> and she told me and my little brother, who was two at the time, that she received Jesus. And we immediately, immediately ran out there and said, we want it too, Mom. And received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
um, spirit, born again, spirit filled at uh, four years old, my brother at two. And I just want to encourage everybody that has little children, grandchildren, children, never, never assume they're too young because the Holy Spirit knows and he draws them. Amen. My brother, two years old, he knew what he was receiving. And uh, one other thing I want to encourage too is that my mother, after that happened, every almost every night we went to her bedroom and prayed before going to bed. And she made sure that we prayed out loud in the Holy Spirit so that we would grow in our, in our spiritual language and that the Holy Spirit could just raise us up. And I really strongly encourage that. Amen. That was great. Thank you. So <clears throat> you can never be too young, but you can also never be too drunk. <laughs> April 3rd, April 3rd, 1984, I was a senior at Ball State and uh, living in a fraternity house, having a good time. And uh, um, there was an old friend of, of mine, Steve Meyer, Eric knows him. Um, he had graduated from Ball State and gone out to Hollywood to make movies, and uh, he got saved out there, and God called him back to go witness to his biggest drinking buddies. And I was number two on his hit list. <laughs> and uh, he actually tracked me down in a bar and uh, witnessed to me, and just basically just told me he'd become a Christian and invited me to church. And uh, I went, and um, he had asked me to read John chapter three, and a couple of days after that, uh, during a party that I didn't feel like being at, I went upstairs, and and uh, read John chapter 3, and it was an old Gideon Testament, and I went to the back and had the plan of salvation. Gave my heart to the Lord then, 1984. Yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, you know, I think our testimonies are powerful. Obviously, the Word of God says that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb and the Word of our testimony, and, and there's something really powerful about rehearsing, you know, because I've sat with people so many times, and we've just kind of rehearsed what they came from. And, and the tears that come from them, and the tears that you have when you hear their story, and you listen to what God delivered them from. And it's, you just forget when you've been in the, the family for so long. And so I think it's important that we remember our testimonies and that we share our testimonies that just because it was 10 years ago, 20 years, 40 however long ago it was, your testimony is your story. And we live in a time and a generation where story is, is king. Like the narrative and the story of our lives is what people are connecting to, and that's what they want to hear. And so when we, we share our testimony, we're, we're connecting our heart with people that could somehow maybe relate, and I, I just think that's a really powerful thing. I know all of you guys are passionate about evangelism, um, what would you say, what sparked that passion and that real heart to, to be someone who is actively going out, sharing your faith, talking to people about Jesus? What, what is it that has made you so passionate about that? I would say that, um, I guess in my own um, surrender to the Lord um, I just realized that there's a lot of people out there that are deceived and they have no idea about you know the freedom they can experience or even you know most importantly their you know their eternity and um, 
you know, out of out of that passion of wanting people to know and understand that, that kind of fueled my fire and, you know, wanting <laughs> everyone that I know and come into contact with to, you know, experience, be able to experience eternity, mm. you know, in heaven. And, um, yeah, that's, that's it. That's great. Heidi, what about you? So when I read this question, I was like, I really feel kind of out of place because I'm not passionate about it. In all honesty, um, <laughs> I am not honesty, called an evangelist. I am called to evangelize, but I am not an evangelist, and especially in comparison to what I see in my husband. My passion is that people experience God's love and that they know his love, and that's where my heart is. And, and I'm, not a, I'm, not, I'm a definitely not an extrovert, so I'm not out talking to people. But what I like to say is that Rob loves to catch the fish, and I prefer to clean them. I would prefer to, to love on people and gr help them grow in the Lord. But um, my whole reason for being on this team is simply because God said, you need to be on that evangelism team, and I agree. Amen. Thank you. And that's really, uh, I think that's a great point, you know, that you're, you know, you don't feel it as your number one. That's not your lane that you feel s just absolutely perfectly in. But yet you're still obeying and you're still stepping out. And even though you're an, an introvert, and I get that, I we're on the same team, you know, it's you're still saying yes to the Lord, and that is that's really powerful. Rob, what about you? Uh, well, right after I uh, <clears throat> got saved and graduated from Ball State, we started a campus uh, ministry. Actually, it was kind of more or less a Bible study, and uh, everything that we read, we started reading. We're all new Christians, and everything that we started reading was was seemed like it was about evangelism. Um, we saw where Jesus sent him out two by two, so we said, hey, let's go do that. You know, and we went out two by two on the campus and just shared with people, and then we saw that Jesus and Peter and people were preaching on the mounds, and so we, we found a mound over by the Scramblelite, and we started preaching, and <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, we loved it, and people were getting saved and stuff, and it was awesome, and, uh, but the thing, there was also a guy on the campus that was preaching kind of hellfire brimstone type stuff you know and um and he was preaching the word but it was it was more of a to us it felt like a condemnation type of a thing and what we were reading in, in our bible study was that it was not about that but it was about the ministry of reconciliation and which says that god is not holding our sins against us anymore and it was to us so we started preaching that on the mound is that god's not holding your sins against you anymore and we would read from um and i'm going to read this real quick here the second Corinthians five eighteen to 20 says, now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. In other words, not counting their sins against them. <coughs> and he's given to us uh, and he's given committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now, then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Mm, that's really good. That's good. Now, keep the mic, Rob, because I know you, you are a go-getter kind of evangelist. Do you have any funny stories of evangelism or any kind of funny <coughs> encounters? Or uh, Yeah, I read that question. I had to really think back because um, I can't think of really a whole lot of funny stories. But there was one time in early in ministry when we were um, – I moved in with the guy that led me to the Lord, Steve – and uh, we, uh, we had some ministry going on in Yorktown at the high school. And there was a Satan worshiper. Actually, there was a whole cult at the high school. Remember, Eric? And uh, uh, 
the one of the leaders of the cult, uh, actually we were witnessing to him and he got saved. And so <laughs> he came over uh, to our house and we were having a Bible study with him and some other people. Were you there, Eric? When yeah, yeah, the, I'm sorry, Eric Morgan. I'm sorry, Eric Morgan. He was in that young that ministry back then. And uh, um, anyway, um, we started hearing stuff outside, like the windows were scratching and stuff, and we in, in the front window. And and so Steve says, uh, he said, Rob, call the police. And uh, so I got on the phone with the police, and I'm on the phone, and all of a sudden the lights go out. I Oh no! They've cut our electricity. <laughs> you know, like, what do we do? What do we? And Steve goes, "No, no! I just turned out the light." <laughs> <laughs> so it got weird from there. But uh, uh, the next morning, we went outside, and it had been snowing, and there was there were footprints in every window of the house, all around the house, and it was his cold buddies trying to pull him out. So it was it was. Wow! Weird. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow! You got one, and he, Chris, you got one, you. So I can remember one time uh, being on a treasure hunt, and uh, I was with, uh, it was Ron Neal um, from a church that's no longer in existence called Creekside. And um, so we had our clues, and we were out, and, and the clues that, that were on our list were black shirt, um, uh, something about hair, glasses, and cowboy boots. And so... We're in, uh, we're, we're, we're going around and we're in um, Target um, over in Carmel. And um, he's, he starts talking to this guy that has a black shirt and this other clue. And he's like, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, he's thinking about the, uh, another clue, you know, just to, to zero in on this guy. And he looks right beside his head. And there's a pair of cowboy boots sitting on a shelf right beside his head. He wasn't wearing them, but they were sitting right beside his head. And it was just a funny story that <laughs> we just laughed because, wow. uh, you know, it's like God they is didn't so have to be wearing the boots, but they were right there. You know, God <laughs> knew the clue that, and called it out. So it was just, just interesting when, when you just, you know, give yourself to that man. God does some really unique and funny things. That's really good. That's so amazing. So, um, this next question I want to ask you guys, and, and we all know that we want the whole world saved, and, and we're not ever going to just stop with one, but if you could just lead one person, any one person in the whole world to the Lord, who would it be and why? This might sound funny, but this I've thought about this frequently. Um, I would lead Marilyn Manson to the Lord because I, I believe... He's an evangelist. Um, it's apparent by what he's done and what he said and the people that follow him and that he he has influence and he he's operating in that gift and he's just right. neglected to be, you know, and to do it for the other kingdom, unfortunately, the fallen kingdom. Yes. So, yeah. Wow. How about you, Heidi? Well, I took this more as somebody that I personally knew, and most of the people I personally know are already born again and spirit-filled. So um, the only thing I could think of is the loved ones in my family that are not yet, like um, some of my nieces and nephews, spouses, and things like that that don't know the Lord. All my brothers and sisters do. They're all born again. So Some, some family. That's great. Well... <coughs> Mine's going to be real personal, I think for Heidi too, is uh, and this is somebody I would need to we need to um, bring back to the Lord, 
and that is my daughter Amber, our daughter Amber. So you guys can be praying for her. Going through some tough. Yeah. Amen. Let's just pray for that right now. Come on. Just, Father, we just call Amber home in the name of Jesus. We just thank you right now, God, that the spirit of truth that she received years ago would rise up and bring a, a great restoration and repentance and a turning of her heart, Father. We thank you, God, that you love our sons and daughters and that, God, you said you would never leave them nor forsake them. And so we're saying go after this one in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I wanted to talk about some more um, biblical or practical things as well. And one of the things I know you guys have, have highlighted and, and you did a class on it was um, evangelistic styles or evangelism styles. Um, and I know you've talked about them here before, but would you mind going through and listing what those six styles that you guys have identified are and then, um, you know, maybe a little, just a couple of things that make it unique or different from another. I'm going to pass this to you, Rob. <laughs> yeah, I, I took notes on this, too. So, um, yeah, we identified six basic styles of evangelism um, that we saw in the, in the scriptures and in things I'd studied out. And the first one is uh, confrontational style evangelism. And that's basically where if... Um, somebody that doesn't mind going out, walking right up to a stranger and sharing the gospel with them or asking if they could pray for them. Um, that's confrontational evangelism. Uh, then there's intellectual evangelism, and that is th there are people that really enjoy not really debating people but um, taking things from an intellectual or an apologetics standpoint and sharing things. Um, and that takes some knowledge, not only in the Bible but in the history of, history of the church and, and of of Christianity, um, but these logical people love to do that. Um, and we're, we just like to give a defense for the gospel, and that is that would be intellectual. Uh, testimonial is the third one, and that is where those are for people that just like to share their testimony, where they're real conversational in 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 a room or in a party or, or whatever. Um, that would be testimonial. The next one is friendship evangelism, and that's where you like to build friendships, build relationships with people before. You're comfortable sharing sharing the gospel with them, and if you are that type of a person, you're a friendship evangelist. Mm. Uh, invitational is the next one, and uh, the basically, you, you know, you're, if you're a, you're an invitational evangelist, um, everybody's some kind of evangelist. You might know what it is, but uh, you might be a, uh, an invi invitational evangelist if you're a networker. You know, if you like to go out and 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 when you go into things, you're uh, social mobilizers. You you invite people not only to church but to the Things that you do, things that you're interested in. Yeah. Um, that's invitational. And the last one is servant evangelism. And that's where you just like to help people. Um, be a servant. Um, uh, and so a lot of times it's in private. Uh, you don't like to vocalize it as much as you just like to show it uh, through your actions. What's your favorite style? What do you feel like your strength <coughs> is? Different ones at different times. But I think um, a combination of friendship and confrontational because I like, to, uh, I like to build friendships with people or clients or whoever, and once I get them comfortable, once I'm comfortable, um, it makes it a lot easier to find a need and be able to pray with them or ask mm. or share the gospel. That's great. Heidi, what about you? What would you say? 
Um, I my favorite is testimonial because I just absolutely love talking about what God's doing, um, testifying of His goodness all the time, and uh, but I tend to do both testimonial and servant. I'm just those are the areas that I live in. That's good. I have to say, friendship, evangelism, and invitational. Um, I uh, I love to go beyond the veil with people. You know, like to to get personal and and have a deep relationship and out of that, you know, it, the Holy Spirit opens the door to share. Yeah, and that's really good. Um, do you have an example of how you've used that with someone? Because you don't have to use their name, but. Um, yeah. Um, there was, uh, uh, he's, He's not at this church anymore. I think he's somewhere. He's out of state, actually. But um, um, I would. Uh, we were. We worked out together, and um, you know, we we kind of struck up a friendship in that. And you know, as we were, we were working out. You know, the conversation would a lot of times be about the Lord. Um, you know, as as our relationship evolved, we started talking about the Lord more and. Eventually, when we were working out, he's like, I, I need to change my life. I'm like, let's do it, you know. And so you started rubbing off on it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, just, you know, you can't help, you know, when, when you allow yourself to be a thermostat instead of a thermometer, mm. you know, you can't help but affect the spiritual climate that, you know, of the place you're in. And I think it's, it's so amazing how people um, – they, they can feel it or they can tell it after they've spent time, you know. I mean, just the fact that, you know, I, in my world, I, I've heard, you know, as I've spent time with, you know, people who aren't Christians, after a while they go, you don't use four-letter words. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. I, I mean, that's just stuff like that that they eventually pick up on that you, you know, I just have a vocabulary I like to use it I don't need any of that to really you know to, to disarm them but then eventually to talk about well I just I I don't I choose not to talk that well what's different you know and then they, we get into those conversations and I think that's you know how we rub off on people they just see how we live differently and when they watch how we live differently then they they and and if you've got joy you know if you're uh, seem to enjoy the life that you're living differently, then they want to know what is going on and how do I, how do I get a piece of that? Because man, all my friends are miserable and absolutely, absolutely. Um, so obviously, you don't you know have to be an extrovert to do evangelism, right? So Heidi, how do you, as an introvert, I mean, wh how are you? going after it though and to help us that feel like we don't we're not the loud people out there yeah. your sins are forgiven on the street <laughs> corner we're not I think um well you know initially I've been at home and it's only been recently that I've been outside of the home where I really encounter people um and so I I am bold in speaking like uh, I had a plumber come over the other day and say, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, praise God. God helped me figure out how to put on doors for the first time in my life. <laughs> so, you know, and I've just given God the glory in, with people. Um, obviously, uh, I, the, the testimony of just not, just walking after the Lord and, 
and having, like you said, no foul language or anything like that it is a part of it. But um, just that joy, just having that joy when I'm working with these people. And, and also in business, God had told me, you know, he had said to me a long time ago, pay what's due. And so uh, just a side note, anytime that I have somebody work for me, it's important to me that I pay them immediately, even if the money's not in the account. And that sounds crazy, but God told me, I'll take care of the money, and he has. Um, he has, with this house we're work, I'm working on right now, I've, I've spent over $100,000 on this house cash, and I don't even know how. I could not even tell you how it's been God providing. And I'll look at my bank account every night. Well, I hope I'm not overdrawn, <laughs> but God always provides right when I need the money. He always provides the money. And so... So that just being that good testimony in business, no matter where yeah. I'm at and what I'm doing. That's great. I love that. Be a great testimony in business. And, and it worked, too. I mean, I think sometimes we're either shooting ourselves in the foot by how we act at work or we're building that testimony. You know, it, sometimes we feel like we can't share faith because they've seen us be really ugly. And it's so important, you know, to be real. It's OK to have a hard day. It's all right to have, a, a, you know, a moment, a bad hair day, but um, just living out the gospel is, some can't have a bad hair day, I understand. <laughs> We're praying for you. Um, but it happens, you know. Um, so Rob, let me ask you this. So I think a question is real important for us to kind of think about is how do we know when the Holy Spirit is dealing with someone like what are what do we how can you tell you know when it comes to evangelism and what what is that for you what do you what signs do you pick up on was that a question we were supposed to study <laughs> it, it got added to the list okay. it did um well i think we've all got a relationship with jesus and with the holy spirit and i think we just need to ask holy spirit you know, if God is highlighting somebody to you, um, which is what I do, if I want to meet somebody, a total stranger or something, and, and, and engage with them, I would just ask Holy Spirit, um, what, what is it about them that I can connect with them? And I just find, a, and, and it always happens. I, mm -hmm. I find some connection point that allows me to um, just to, to introduce myself and then to say something that is going to engage them. Um, so it's, it's, it's all about asking the Holy Spirit, what yeah. do I do next? <laughs> Chris, what about you? How do you, can you tell that Holy Spirit? I, I think there's two gifts that, uh, that really are helpful in evangelism, and one is um, uh, the gift of discernment and uh, words of knowledge. I think if, you know, if we understand that we all have the ability to hear the voice of God or, or Holy Spirit, then we can ask those questions, you know, we can say, God, I please, you know, give me a word of knowledge for this person or, you know, or, or discern in the spirit, you know, what's going on with the person spiritually. And, um, you know, the other thing is just to, you know, even just ask, be bold and ask the person a question in regards to what's going on with them on a spiritual front. I mean, it's, you know, it, it takes a little bit of boldness, but you know, when, when you temper that with um, humility and um, compassion and, uh, you know, you, you realize that their eternity is possibly at stake, then, you know, you can let that be your fuel. 
That's good. That's good. <clears throat> you know, in Acts 2.47, it talks about how um, the Lord was adding to their number daily those who were being saved. And so as we anticipate salvations, as we encounter people, um, what are some practical ways that we can help these people uh, be a part of our family besides the, the easy one? Hey, come to church with me on Sunday morning. But what are some other practical ways that we can pull people into the family of God when they've got, you know, we've led them to the Lord or we've prayed for them, you know, out there on the street somehow. What, what are some? I think one good practical way um, is one of the first things that needs to happen um, is people need to know that they belong. They need to know they're part of our family. And in order to do that, you know, it has to, there has to be some depth of relationship developed. So I would say connect with people, invite them over and spend time with them relationally. And, uh, you know, just grow and, you know, do life with them. How about you, Heidi? What do you think? I took this question as a little more of a bring them into the church as the big C whole, not necessarily locally. And um, one of the things that I think is sorely missed a lot of times is, is leaving, leading someone to the Lord, but never really leading them to the Holy Spirit. And the, the gift of the Holy Spirit is vital for that continual growth, for that staying with the Lord. And so that is what I would say is mm. lead them to the Holy Spirit. Very important. Well, the, uh, the evangelism styles that we talked about, that only not only works for before somebody's saved, but for after. And um, because if um, what we got to do, and it's like they were saying, um, build a friendship, build a relationship with somebody, um, help them out, do, be a servant, um, show your friendship, um, invite them, you know, invite them to church. <laughs> That's, you know, invite them and, and let God handle it from there. Find out what they, if they've got an interest, maybe, you know, right. I, I mean, everybody's got a hobby. Figure out, hey, you like fishing? Hey, let's go fishing, you know. Exactly. You like shooting guns? Let's go shoot guns, you know. Find you a like connecting point. Yep. Basket weaving? I, I'm willing to learn, <laughs> you know, whatever I guess it takes. <laughs> so, so, Rob, let me ask you on another, so on a very practical way, how, what's a good starting point for someone who's just never done any kind of, evangelism at all what's what's the real good starting point you mean to to meet when you first meet somebody a stranger yeah just i mean well i'm let's say i've just i've never shared my faith i've never done it i'm scared to death what's you know what's an a good easy first step to yeah. to help someone okay well i don't know if we've shared this in the church yet I, I can't even think but we these evangelism styles that we have we have made actually a survey uh, because you might not, I think, I believe everybody's got, we're all called to do the work of an evangelist, even if you're not an evangelist. Right. And everybody's got their own style. And so one of these styles is going to be best for you. And so we actually made up a survey of, of, I don't know, 30 questions or so that will show you where you fit in best. And, I th and so you find out. You find out maybe that friendship evangelism is, yeah, that's me. That's, I can relate to that. Yeah. And use that. Right. Um, so f that's the first step is find out where you are as what's going to work for you, what God has gifted you with in evangelism. And once you, once you can recognize that, we can show you how to get, go beyond that. Take a next step. Right. Yeah, that's, that's really good. And, and I saw that. We're, we're hoping to roll that out here soon, maybe in the next few weeks. Um, 
So for those who, you know, want to be a little more daring, how, how do I engage a person that I don't know? I mean, how, how can I just talk to a stranger about Jesus? I, I, I guess I have an uncanny gift of being able to talk to complete strangers. I, I don't have any problem or any apprehension. You know, so when I think about it, it's easy for me, but I know that I'm wired differently than a lot of people. Um, but one way is, you know, I might talk about something that's in sight. You know, I might, I might be talking about it. So, so let's say, for example, I might be at a gas station, you know, and somebody might be driving a really cool car that I like. I'd be like, hey, man, that's a really cool car, man. Where'd you get that? You know, and just, you know, even start some small talk like that, you know, and see what it develops into. Um, I can remember one time being at a gas station, and there was a guy on the other side, and I was putting gas in, and I felt the Holy Spirit moving really very strongly on me, and um, he's like, I want you to pray for this guy, and I'm like, for what? And he's like, just pray for this guy. You know, he wouldn't tell me what. He was just saying, pray for him, and um, so I was like, okay, God, you know, so I, I just went, was bold and just went over to him and said, man, I, I don't know you know, how you feel about this, but I really feel impressed to pray for you. Can I pray for you? And he said, yeah, sure, man. And um, so I prayed for him, and um, and as I prayed, you know, the word protection um, came to me, and so I just prayed protection over him, and, uh, you know, we got done. He said, man, thank you. I really appreciate that, and, you know, and then we started talking. I'm like, you know, what do you do? He's like, I'm a guard at the prison, Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, you know, uh, <laughs> that's why you wanted me to pray, Lord. There's evidently, wow, know, he needs to be protected. That's really at good. Some point. That's so good. Heidi, what would you do if someone asked you a question and you didn't know the answer? What, what would be some advice? I'd like advice? to steal Rob's answer, but <laughs> 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 um, I, I just tell people I don't know, and I, I will find out. I'm, I'm just going to be. I, mean, I have no problem being honest about it. If I don't know it, I don't know it. Yeah. What about you, Ralph? I give him Tom's cell phone number. <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> uh, I, I would say, you know, just, yeah, I, w- I would politely say, you know what, I, I really don't know the answer to that, but I'm going to, I want to figure it out and I'll get back to you. Yeah. Because uh, that's an interesting question. Yeah, and I think it's a, a big question for so many people is we're afraid they're going to engage us in a debate, you know, they're going to start hitting us with some kind of creation, you know, uh, evolution thing that we just haven't spent our doctorate on, you know, trying to understand all the nuances of that. And, and I think that fear of just not being able to be a great debater keeps us from being a voice for Christ. And, you know, uh, for me, I, I think one of the, the most powerful bottom line, you know, points that I make when I don't is that it still comes back to Jesus. You know, like, yeah, let's talk about creation and evolution uh, next week. But I want to share Jesus. You know, he was he was dead. And did you realize he was resurrected like he's the only guy who's ever done that? What about that? That's amazing. We've got to, you know, and bringing it back to that, you know, 
I guess it's being a good, you know, political debater. You get a question and you redirect it back to where you, well, I want to really talk about is Jesus. So anyway, thank you very much for that great question. But I think being honest and just saying, I, you know what, I, I, don't, I don't know, I think is okay. And I think people, again, the generation we're living in, they prefer authenticity than know-it-allism. You know, uh, they know when we're, you know, uh, we're blowing smoke. <laughs> they can tell when we're talking, and we don't really know what we're talking about. That's true. And so, um, yeah, so I think another good question is, um, how do we help people feel the love of the Father while we're engaging them out there? Well... We need to be authentic. Um, I I think that um, in you know given you know the the world that we live in and the generation that we're seeking to affect for the kingdom, you know I think one way is just to be genuine, um, be caring, and be empathetic. I think empathy, you know, my wife and I were actually having some dialogue about it. You need to be more em- empathetic, which that was her to me. <laughs> um, uh, empathy goes a long way, and I, I think that's par for the course. And empathy is the ability to put ourselves in their shoe yes. and, and, and kind of feel what they're feeling without having to say, that you're right to feel that. You should be angry. You know, we don't have to go that far. It's right. just putting ourselves in that that position and, and relating with them and feeling what they're feeling. Right. Yeah. Um, salvation. So so when we lead someone to the Lord, how, well, let's ask that question. Like how, when someone's ready, like what do you do to bring them to a salvation moment? I I think what, you know what the Bible says is that we we confess, you know, our faith in in Jesus and believing that He died for our sins and rose again from the dead, and then we put our faith in Christ going forward, and you know allow our life to be conformed to the image of Christ, and um, you know I think it's simply that thing is is. You know, I know a lot of times we'll pray with somebody because they don't have the words. I don't think there's like a specific prayer that needs to be prayed other than one that has the content of those things is that they are realizing, you know, their their life's broken and they're confessing Jesus as Lord and, and the things that he did for our salvation. And, you know, that that's the beginning of the relationship. It's good. Either of you guys want to add anything to that? Um, The only thing I would add um, in myself, because of being a testimonial type person when I share Jesus, is sharing testimonially, sharing what God's goodness is as I'm talking to them, um, relating to them in that way. Um, Because I've always found you can tell somebody something and they can get defensive, but if you share them your life story, they tend to be more receptive of that. Well, I think um, finding out if somebody is first thing is find out if they're if they're ready, you know, y- and you can tell if they're ready um, because they're asking and, and all. But really, I think f- if we have if we have just two scriptures, 
we have two scriptures uh, armed and ready with when you know that somebody is ready um, I think you can lead anybody to the Lord um, and for me it's John 3 16 to 18 um, and we all know you know for God so loved the world but what I focus or maybe put more of a focus on is John 3 18 which uh, says that um, how's that start out I got it here um, he who believes in him is not condemned but he who does not believe is condemned already not because they smoke cigarettes or because they drink or because they have sex before marriage or because they do all kinds of crazy things but because they have not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God it's the only thing that keeps yeah. people out of heaven and I think people most people think that they're going to hell but they think they're going to hell for all the wrong reasons yeah. And so what I do, it's the ministry of reconciliation all over again, mm -hmm. um, that he's not holding those things against us. Yeah. It's simply believing in Jesus Christ. And then when they understand that, what I like to do is take them through Romans 10, 9, and 10 as a prayer. Um, and I just basically right. read, that, read that, and they repeat <laughs> after me pretty much Romans 10, 9, and 10. And, yeah. and um, that's, that's how I do that. That's good. That's really good. I want to pipe in there. <coughs> um, we, when I, Rob and I were first married, we had the ministry at Ball State, and we were out on the streets, two by two all the time and stuff. But I just praise God because he made me memorize those because <laughs> I didn't know how to do it. And he made me memorize those scriptures when we were first married. So I could share That's so good. John three sixteen through 18 and Romans 10, 9 and 10. I'm going to chime in one other thing, too, that I think is real important that should be highlighted. Um, it's not our responsibility to get somebody saved. It's our responsibility to share the good news of the gospel. That's our responsibility. The Holy Spirit draws men and women to himself. It's a drawing of the Holy Spirit. We're just merely called to partner and share the good news. So that, you know, that being said, that should, you know, take take a lot of the weight off of if somebody doesn't give their heart to Christ because, you know, and we're in the middle of an evangelism moment, that it's okay. We can continue to pray for that person, you know, because in time the Holy Spirit will draw them. Yeah, that's really good. Well, let's, let's talk about the outreach coming up this Friday night. And as we, you know, already announced, we got the pool party from 6 to 8. And so that is, you know, bring family, bring friends. Uh, it is a dollar per person, so there's a dollar to get in. Um, so feel free to invite people, and then we've got the, the stuff we're doing afterwards. And so why don't you just talk about that real quickly and what's going on and as far as um, where, where are we even going to be at? Okay, so it's, uh, we're going to set up on the north side of um, the Newcastle Aquatic Center. Baker Pool is more well known by everyone. Um, on the north side, we're going to set the projector screen up against the north fence of the pool enclosure and then sit on the lawn in between the basketball and tennis courts And there. There's shade there. There's a good flat air open area where we can set up the projector and the sound system and it'll just be a great place. We have access to everything we need and it's going to be a fun time. A lot of space to sit on the lawn and enjoy an outdoor movie. Mm -hmm. 
So for this night, you know, we're, we're hoping to attract a crowd, you know, people just out in the park and around there, maybe walk up and watch the movie or parts of it. Um, how intentional should we be at this night with, you know, sharing Jesus? Uh, is it just for relational? You know, I think we're, we're going to get into the evangelism styles and everybody who feels a certain style will probably want to engage that style. Um, is is it all okay, or what should we take baby steps? What do you guys think? I would, I would say if you're, you could use any evangelism style if you feel comfortable. Um, I'd say there's going to be room for most of them to be utilized. Right. There's friendship evangelism, you know, connecting with people, invitational by inviting people to come be a part servant because we're, we're going to be serving food and waters and popcorn um, and then you know setting up and tearing down stuff that's serving as well um, there's going to be moments where um, confrontational um, or uh, let's see intellectual. intellectual could be you know utilized during the film or after the film even you know the questions that can be raised you know and you know, simply asking the question, what did you think about that, you know, about what happened in this part? And, you know, it's, there I think if you're comfortable and you already know what type of evangelism style is, is uh, you know, that you operate in and that you're comfortable with, I think there's going to be a, an ability to use all of them, mm -hmm. most of them, if not all of them. Yeah, um, I know, and I thought about that exact what you just shared as far as, you know, Maybe, you know, working my way towards someone I don't know and kind of standing next to them and watch the movie. And if they're there till the end, you know, maybe saying, man, that was so good. What did you think about that? Or, you know, I could relate to this and, you know, just strike up that kind of a conversation to kind of bring up some. Ask of some compelling questions. Yeah, good, compelling questions, opening questions, you know, do, do you believe in God? No. Okay, see ya. <laughs> <laughs> But engaging them a little, little further, you know, being, being relational, being friendly. Um, uh, so so are, do we want everybody, you know, helping out and doing something as far as trying to reach people? Is it okay just to sit and have fun? What's kind of the... I would say absolutely. There's no pressure to, you know, to, oh, we've got to go out and, you know, I mean, but be intentional. You know, don't do it from a standpoint of, I mean, I guess... Sometimes we need to feel a little pressure, but the pressure should be from the Holy Spirit, not from people. Mm. Yeah, it's like deliver something from heaven. Absolutely. You know, let's are, we, are we, again, I touched on this earlier, are we thermostats or are we thermometers? We're going to go change the spiritual climate of the place that we're going to be in. We're not going to adjust to what's already there. Right. And so not focusing on their appearance or their language because they're liable to. Absolutely. You know, we've been doing some outreach at the at the skate park and, you know, you just got to get beyond all of what you're going to hear from them and what, what their, you know, their behavior and just get to the core of seeing, man, this is someone Jesus died for. Yeah. Like you specifically. And then how do I convey that love to this one? You know, help, help me, Holy Spirit, show me, you know, because they, you know, we may think I, because I'm a hugger, I want to hug all these people. And they may be like, 
dude, you're freaking me out. And I'd be like, amen, brother, come over here. We've got a circle here of us. No one's going to touch right here. But, um, you know, I... Adding to that, Tom, I think one thing that if we, we all grab a hold of this, um, this is kind of a, a filter that we've decided to run our, um, our ministry through. And I, I've, I'm going to say it two different ways. I've came up with, uh, I didn't come up with it. The Lord gave it to me. It's an acrostic. If you guys know what that is, where you have a word that, and each letter means something different. Um, and it's simply called ACT. And the first one is acceptance. Um, you know, people need to know they're accepted and that they belong. That's the first thing that's most important. I think when we go out to any event or we're connecting with anyone, we have to communicate them and show them you do belong, you are a part. I think that's the first line of, of anything that has to happen when you're inviting someone into the family. Um, the next thing would be, um, so act is acceptance. Oh, um, gosh darn it. Why am I drawing a blank all of a sudden? Forgive me. I apologize. Here it is. C is for connection. Connection. Right? Connect. No, condemn C is for them. condemn. Uh, you guys are sinners and you're all going to hell. <laughs> no. I love you, but you're going I, to hell. I love you, but I can't help you. But I can't Only Jesus help. can. <laughs> yeah, you know, what is that bumper sticker that said, Jesus loves you, but everybody else thinks you're a bleep bleep? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, none of that tonight, or <laughs> Friday night. Absolutely not. The real that's, C that's, is. Yes. Okay, the real C is connection. And um, connection, and it's not just connecting us, but it's connecting them to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh and where they start to actually believe. And then when people start to believe is when the last one um, that, uh, you know, we sometimes get it flipped around, but we need to keep it in line is transformation or behave. You know, when people feel accepted or feel like they belong or, and then they're connected to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and they believe then their life starts to be transformed and it starts to change and they, their behavior will fall in line. Amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's really good.